0: Unmuted.
1: Good afternoon Uh, this meeting will come to order welcome to the july 13th uh, 2023 special meeting of the government audit and oversight committee of the san francisco board of supervisors i'm supervisor dean preston chair of the committee joined by vice chair catherine stephanie and supervisor connie chan our committee clerk today is stephanie cabrera and uh, we want to thank the team at sfgov tv for staffing this meeting madam clerk any announcements
2: yes thank you chair The Board of Supervisors and its committees are convening hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance and public comment, while still providing remote access and public comment via telephone. The Board recognizes that equitable public access is essential and will be taking public comment as follows. First, the public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first and will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up and speak to speak, and those on the telephone should dial star 3 to be added to the speaker queue. If you are on your telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and all listening devices that you may be using. Alternatively, you may submit written public comment by email to the Government Audit and Oversight Clerk, Stephanie Cabrera at Stephanie.Cabrera, C-A-B-R-E-R-A at sfgov.org. You may also send your written comments via U.S. Postal Service to our our office in City Hall at 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit public comment in writing, it will be forwarded to the supervisors and included as part of the official file. Finally, items acted upon today are expected to appear on the Board of Supervisors agenda of July 18th, unless otherwise stated. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk, and um, welcome back everyone to this meeting room that has been rarely used in the pandemic, Uh, but it's good to be back here, at least for today. Um, But uh, why don't we go ahead and call our first item?
2: Thank you. Item number one is an ordinance approving a development agreement between the city and county of San Francisco and 98 Franklin Street, LLC, for certain real property at 98 Franklin Street, consisting of three parcels located in the Van Ness and Market Residential Special Use District on the east side of Franklin Street between Oak and Market Streets, waiving certain provisions of administrative code. Chapter 56, adopting findings under the California Environmental Quality Act and making findings of conformity with the general plan, and the eight priority policies of the planning code, section 101.1B, and findings of public necessity, convenience, and general welfare under planning code, section 302. This file was requested as a committee report. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item and are viewing remotely, should call the public call-in number scrolling across your screen and enter the meeting ID when prompted. If you are already dialed in and haven't already done so, please dial star 3 to be added to the speaker queue. The system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted and you may begin your comments when we go to public comment. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, And before uh, we hear from departments on this, I wanted to speak briefly to this item uh, that i'm the sponsor of um and this uh what's before us today uh colleagues um, is a development agreement related to the mixed-use project um, at 98 franklin street uh, as well as projects Uh, at 600 McAllister Street and uh, Parcel K in Hayes Valley. Uh, This uh, development agreement, along with companion uh, planning code amendments uh, that were positively recommended on Monday um, at the Land Use and Transportation Committee, uh, will help activate uh, the several sites uh, that I just mentioned, two of which will be 100% affordable housing uh, for a total in the whole uh, of of the three project of uh, up to 671 homes. Um, As discussed on Monday uh, when we heard uh, this in the Land Use Committee, the package seeks to do uh, the following, um, three main things, unstick the development at 98 Franklin Street, a proposed residential uh, housing project that would sit atop a new high school um, and which has not been able to move forward since the Board of Supervisors unanimously rezoned uh, the, the uh, site uh, in 2020. Um, it, the package would also enable a land dedication uh, for the city to develop 100% affordable housing Um, And lastly, it would jumpstart the long-dormant affordable housing project uh, at Parcel K in Hayes Valley, which is currently occupied and used on an interim basis uh, as a a site uh, run by proxy. Um, And uh, this uh, package would uh, have the city allocating a million dollars of the fees here, Uh, To the pre development costs uh, for Parcel K. So, uh, our office views this as a a rare quadruple win a new high school, a new site in District 5 for 100% affordable housing, uh, a renewed investment in the city's uh, promise to deliver affordable housing um, at Parcel K, and uh, good jobs for San Franciscans building new housing. At the site on 98 Franklin Street which uh, to date has not moved forward um, the development agreement requires the developer at 98 uh, Franklin to dedicate to the city um, at no cost to the city property for the creation of 100% affordable housing to satisfy their inclusionary housing uh, requirement um, and in addition as I mentioned the the uh, developer uh, pays a million dollars in affordable housing funds earmarked to uh, to parcel k to get that project going and that has been for those who in that familiar with that site this is a promise over 20 years old a promise to build affordable housing on parcel k in hayes valley and one that we intend to uh, see to fruition and we appreciate the partnership of the mayor's office of housing and community development which is gearing up for the rfp or rfq or whatever alphabet soup it is uh, to get that process started and then uh, and, and these funds will certainly help on pre-development so um, i'm also really excited as we announced earlier this week uh, to announce the intention uh, of the developers as part of this deal to acquire the property uh, for the city at 600 mcallister street that is an update since this package was first announced um, at the board of supervisors uh, in last uh, fall, uh, this is, uh, I think, a really positive development for for two reasons. First, located at uh, the corner of Franklin and McAllister, 600 McAllisters is actually even closer to the 98 Franklin site uh, than the previously announced property uh, that that uh, was uh, initially. Uh, plan to be part of this deal at at 600 Van Ness, so the movement to 600 uh, McAllister brings the affordable housing even closer uh, to the um, the market rate housing site. Uh, second, this site, uh, 600 McAllister, in contrast uh, to the uh, the site on on Van Ness actually has entitlements for a higher number of affordable units. So this, is, this site is already entitled for 196 units of housing um, in contrast to the Van Ness site, which was uh, entitled for 168 units. So that is up to an additional 28 homes for working San Franciscans and their families uh, and 61 units, if my math is right, uh, higher than the 135 units required uh, under the planning code. Uh, and so I'm thrilled to be moving forward with, uh, with this new site uh, and, and with this entire package. I do want to say this, uh, putting together this package has been a really extensive effort, and I want to share some thanks before we hear a presentation on it. Um, in particular, I want to thank uh, Matt uh, Witte and his team at Related California, including uh, David Noyola, uh, for their commitment and a lot of hours spent uh, with our office, trying to find a path uh, to make this work. Uh, and also want to recognize and thank uh, Planning Department, particularly uh, Director Hillis, uh, Christy Alexander, and Nick Foster, um, for their work, as well as uh, Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, Director Shaw, uh, and uh, Lydia Ely, in particular. Um, and, uh, and, and also, we'll hear in a minute from Lee Litensky at OEWD. Uh, I want to thank uh, OEWD and Ms. Lutensky for their, for their work. Um, also city attorney's office, uh, Andrea Ruiz Esquide, uh, Lauren Skellen, Keith Nagayama, and Charles uh, Sullivan uh, f- uh, for all of their work. And Mr. Nagayama is here with us today. Thank you for your work uh, on this. Um, and then lastly, my uh, co-sponsors on this, uh, Supervisors Dorsey, Walton, uh, Ronan, Safai, and President Peskin. So, I understand uh, OEWD staff is here to present today. I want to th- uh, thank them again for their work. And uh, unless there are other comments and not seeing any from colleagues, I want to turn the floor over to Ms. Lutensky. Welcome. Thank you. Good afternoon,
3: Supervisors. Uh, thank you, Chair Preston. I'm Lee Lutensky, the Deputy Director of Joint Development at OEWD. I have a brief presentation. The 98 Franklin development agreement before you today is the result, uh, as the supervisor said, the result of collaboration and creativity by the city, the supervisor's team, and the developer-related California. The proposed agreement represents many new housing units and affordable units to be able to be constructed across a number of sites in this neighborhood. The development agreement supplants and modifies the original 98 Franklin approvals, Which were approved as part of the hub plan in 2020 the proposed 98 franklin site will be home to a new 400 foot tall building with a five-story campus for the french american international high school uh, and 385 housing units the key terms of the development agreement vest the entitlements for this principal project And the agreement primarily enables the developer to dedicate a parcel of land to fulfill their affordable housing obligation, currently planned as 600 McAllister Street, uh, to the city at no cost for the development of 100% affordable housing. The 600 McAllister Street site is already entitled for 196 units, and pursuant to the development agreement, the land dedication must occur to the city as a condition to the first Uh, site permit addendum for the proposed project. So essentially prior to when construction can begin on the principal project. Uh, The agreement also directs $1 million of affordable fee payments to the 100% affordable parcel K project in Hayes Valley. (coughs) As the supervisor stated, this is a creative and thoughtful proposal that will enable each of these various sites to move forward as much needed housing Uh, And um, I will be available for questions, as will my colleague Sheila Nicolopoulos from the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development. Uh, We can answer any questions you have. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much uh, for the presentation. Uh, And if there are no comments or questions from colleagues, let's go ahead and open up public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, Mr. Chair. Are there any members of the public who would like to make public comment for item number one? Please line up to the left of the room. For those of you already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted. If you plan to speak to this item, please dial star three now to be added to the queue. Seeing no in-person public comment, we currently have four callers with zero in the speaking queue.
1: Thank you. Uh, Public comment on this item is now closed. I would like to move to send item one to the full board with positive recommendation as a committee report thank
2: you. and on that motion vice chair Stephanie aye. Stephanie I aye. member Chan aye. Chan I aye. and chair Preston Aye. Preston I you have three eyes
1: thank you the motion passes and madam clerk please call item two
2: item number two is a motion directing the budget and legislative analyst on a priority basis to audit the Public Utilities Commission's water and wastewater enterprises, rate setting, and contract oversight processes with the focus on reducing rate increases. This file was also requested as a committee report. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on this item and are viewing remotely, please dial the number that is scrolling across your screen and enter the meeting ID when prompted. If you have already dialed in, Please dial star 3 to be added to the speaker queue. The system prompt will indicate that you have raised your hand. Please wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted, and you may begin your comments. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, this item is sponsored by Supervisor Safai and Speak of the supervisor, he has arrived. I thought maybe you had gone to the more to the wrong hearing room, but Yes, well Welcome, and uh, unless you need a minute to catch your breath, the floor is yours.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thanks to PUC and others. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to ask for a, a one-week continuance on this item. I think there's still some conversations that we're having uh, with the BLA and, uh, and the PUC leadership. I spoke with the general manager a little while ago. I want to have a little understanding. I understand that there's some audits that are still— that are. Underway. I wanna see how, if there's any synergy between those and these. Um, just to give a little bit of background and, and how we e- ended up here, uh, I, I would just say really quickly that um, there, was, there was, and I think you all probably heard the same thing, there was some concern about the water rates going up without any real um, resident participation, ratepayer participation. A number of the seats were empty. Uh, two of the seats that the mayor appoints and one of the seats that the board appoints um, had, had also been vacated in advance. So it was pretty much city staff that had made the decision without uh, input from ratepayers. And so that's when it really got on our radar. Um, so we asked for um, to do a little bit more in-depth analysis. Once we had that analysis, we, we also learned the process that um, the BLA had brought a couple weeks prior to that, a very large contract to the uh, Budget Committee um, within the Wastewater Division. And and it was highlighted there that there had not been any performance standard measures incorporated into those contracts since 2018, um, and that that division has been without an assistant GM for some time. And so similar to what we've done on the Budget Committee, I gave some examples where DPH had come in uh, last year maybe it was two years ago now, the time's blurring, but had asked uh, for professional services contract with regard to Laguna Honda. And we asked some questions about the billing processes, the way in which they were incorporating those processes. and, And we found out that the company that was selected was charging the city for time that they were traveling from Chicago to San Francisco and it was a significant line item. It was a significant cost to the uh, citizens of San Francisco. We put that on hold, and DPH came back and said they're eliminating that line item. And so part of what we want to do with this management on it, and I told the, uh, the, G, uh, the GM today, is that this is really about looking for efficiencies in this process. And so those efficiencies will pay for the audit themselves um, as well as look for ways in which to cut down on the costs that the ratepayers ultimately pay for when these uh, bonds go forward. So anyway, we, we need an additional week. We want to spend a little more time with the BLA and, and the chair of the committee, um, as well as uh, the um, PUC. So if you wouldn't mind, I would like uh, the chair, uh, this to be continued for
1: one week. Thank you, Supervisor Safai. Uh, Supervisor Chan.
4: Thank you, Chair Preston. I just want to thank Supervisor Safai uh, for uh, just thinking about this conversation about rate increase. Uh, as about a year ago, uh, I, I- I too when I saw the rate increase both for our uh, power uh, specifically uh, and, and actually had a committee of the whole and thank you uh, colleagues for having that committee of the whole at the board and have that discussion about rate increase and in which that we learned that there was going to be a independent studies about how do we um, decouple so to speak our rate increase from the pg and So I do agree that when we think about both uh, when it comes to utilities uh, rate increase uh, impact our residents and and impact our also small business uh, quite significantly. So it is a worthwhile conversation to be had. I think that uh, SFPUC been having audits um, and uh, that I I also am going to put a hat on as the LAFCO, our local uh, agency formation commission chair, that we too have been having Uh, Some of these studies try to uh, have a better grasp and understanding about both uh, water and uh, power uh, rate Uh, and how do we structure them in a way that is progressive and uh, uh, equitable, uh, especially for low-income households. Uh, So I I think that there are many things are happening to really make sure that we have good management and good governance uh, with SFPUC. And of course, I think uh, being a member on the Government and Audit and Oversight Committee will always be err on the side of um, saying that we would like to see more information and would like to see audits and would like to. See more studies. Um, so I am grateful for Supervisor uh, Safai for to to kind of evaluate what is currently already in the pipeline and trying to figure out what is the most efficient way to go about it. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Supervisor Chan, and and I would echo uh, those comments and just uh, add my uh, thanks, uh, Supervisor Safai, for your uh, you and your team's engagement with our, our office around. Um, Around this uh, this item, this request, and also your leadership around looking out for ratepayers uh, here in the city, which I know is what's motivating uh, this. So I think we're we're all on the same page on that, and figuring out how to do that in a way that. Uh, consistent with sort of the capacity of all our different budget legislative analysts, LAFCO, uh, PUC, and uh, doing it it collaboratively makes makes good sense. Um, I did want to ask you, um, uh, or just maybe flag for you, so we have one more GAO meeting before the recess, and that's next week. We have... Three different hearings, uh, some of which may be sort of uh, fairly lengthy. I'm open to. Um, yeah, I think I think we'll I just, have an idea if this is
0: worked out within the next week, and it would be easy just to, um, to have a quick conversation.
1: I, sure. I understand. I, I just so we would, my, it would be at. I just want to sort of warn you and and PUC and others that it would be. Toward the end, you know, be at the end of that uh, agenda. So I just want to—if your preference is a week, that's fine. The other option would be continue to call a chair. Then let's we, let's but, do
0: it for a week for now, and then if, if something comes up in the meantime, then we can we can figure it out. Sounds good. Thank um, you.
1: And uh, if there are no further comments or questions, let's go ahead and, and uh, open it uh, for public comment.
2: Thank you, mr chair are there any members of the public who would like to make public comment on the continuance of item number two
5: mm-hmm.
2: please line up near the podium for those remote public call-in members please press star three to be added to the speaker queue for those already on hold please continue to wait until the system indicates that you have been unmuted
6: okay. anyway. thank you um supervisors my name is david hooper i live in the outer mission in mission terrace and um uh, my interest in the PUC is specific to the idea of sewer flooding. Um, starting in the year 2004, <coughs> our community and other communities, and, uh, including most grievously the uh, intermission, <coughs> have had to deal with uh, sewer flooding. Uh, it took us a long time, especially after 2017, in our effort to draw this to the attention of the SFPUC, we were told under the former leadership, um, that basically nothing could be done. It was an act of God. You've got it. Uh, Over time, uh, having developed a relationship with the State Water Board and the EPA, we were able to advance this issue to the point where the SFPUC finally uh, acknowledged that they were compelled to address the issue. So that the cost that we're looking at These increased costs are in major part because we have to address the sewer flooding issue that had been denied before. Um, If this had been addressed forthrightly in years past, the cost would have been much lower. But now, finally, under new leadership, they're starting to get their act together. I would like to point out two things. I would like to say that when we receive this mailing from the SFPUC, <clears throat> it brings to mind the expression that the large print giveth and the small print taketh away. There, you have to hunt long and hard to figure out, down on the bottom right-hand corner of the second page, where your rates are really going to go up. So I appreciate the idea that an audit effectively could Compel them the PUC to start to address the issues forthrightly and engage with the community. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Are there any other members of the public that would like to speak to this item before we go to the call in? Seeing none in the chamber, we currently have four listeners with one in the speaking queue. Maybe please have the first caller.
5: Eileen Bogan with Speak, a heartfelt thanks to Supervisor Safai e for advocating for this audit, BLA audit. The PUC didn't get to this place overnight. 30 years ago, the PUC had no debt. In 2002, Proposition E passed for the PUC WISIP program authorizing bonds not to exceed 628 million. In 2022, the PUC debt was six billion. During those 20 years, there were longstanding allegations of capital pro- uh, project cost overruns and pay-to-play contracting. An example of a small capital project allegedly with these issues is a pump station number two. An example of a large capital project uh, allegedly with these issues is biosolids. Capital projects to fulfill the PUC's environmental mission have faltered, resulting in the collapse of salmon populations on the Tuolumne River. The PUC has also filed multiple lawsuits against the State Water Resources Control Board to avoid its environmental responsibilities. Although much of this occurred under the previous general manager, uh, the PUC currently seems unwilling to come to terms with these issues, despite the former general manager's well-publicized legal challenges. And finally, the PUC has been accessing GEO bonds since uh, 2010 through the Easter program, even though this appears to be inconsistent with Prop 218 and possibly illegal. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. We have one more caller. May you please have the next caller.
7: Good afternoon. My name is Peter Dreckmeyer, and I serve as policy director for the Tuolumne River Trust, where I've worked for the past 16 years. The Tuolumne, as you probably know, is where we get our Hetch Hetchy water. Thank you for addressing this issue. It shows true leadership. Thank you, Supervisor Safayi. We support a comprehensive audit of the SFPUC, and I hope you had a chance to review the comment letter I submitted yesterday. The best thing you can do to keep future water rates down is to hold a joint study session with the SFPUC on their design drought. I'm sure like every other open-minded objective agency, you'll find the design drought to be far too conservative. While it's always nice to have the best possible insurance policy, there's a point where the cost outweighs the benefits. The design drought far exceeds that breaking point. The design drought is a major contributor to the ecological collapse of the San Francisco Bay Delta. Central Valley salmon are on the brink of extinction and as a keystone species, their loss will ripple throughout the entire ecosystem. The commercial fishing industry at Fisherman's Wharf will no longer exist. The design drought is now threatening ratepayers. Developing all the alternative water supplies the SFUC claims might be necessary would cost $300 million per year. 300 million. Please give us an opportunity to present to the Board of Supervisors. The evidence is clear that by removing a year from the design drought and using reasonable demand projections, we could manage our water supply even with the, a drought worse than any we've ever seen, without overinvesting in expensive alternative water supplies. We'd save up to $300 million per year, and the ratepayers will be grateful. My confidence in the SFPUC, an unelected body, is at an all-time low. They don't seem to understand what leadership is. After a series of seven deep dive workshops spanning two years, the SFQC failed to even deliberate on the prudence of the design drought. They failed us, the Tuolumne River, and the San Francisco Bay Delta. Thank you for receiving my comments.
2: Thank you for your comments. And as a reminder, to those listening, to be added to the speaker queue, please dial star three now to be added to the queue. You do not need to wait for the previous speaker to end speaking. Thank you. We have five in the queue with two additional speakers. May you please have the next caller. Next caller, please. It appears to be Unattended. We'll go to the next caller.
8: Hello, board committee members. Um, I understand that there's been a continuance on this item, but I'm going on retreat next week and won't be available. So I'd like to say this now. My name is Molly. I'm with Sierra Club, California, and I'm calling in to urge this committee to recommend a full external audit of the SFPC to the SF Board of Supervisors. The SFCC has adopted yet another rate increase at a time when many people are already struggling to pay bills and make ends meet in the expensive San Francisco Bay Area. These rate increases will have a disproportionate impact on low income and minority communities. There are many other ways the SFC could cut costs, including dropping the lawsuit against the Bay Delta plan and using more accurate demand projections that will reduce the need for investment in expensive alternative water supplies that are not needed, considering the SFPC has more than enough years of water and storage taken at the expense of the environment. The SFPC states that they have done numerous internal audits and reviews of their finances, but like the fox guarding the hen house, they will keep spending more money on water they don't need. SF Board of Supervisors needs to intervene in the financial dealings of the SFPC to analyze how costs can be saved in other ways that don't include further overburdening ratepayers during these difficult times. The Sierra Club wholeheartedly urges this committee to recommend a full external audit to the full Board of Supervisors to investigate the SFCC. Thank you.
2: Thank you for your comments. Next caller, please.
9: Oh, hi, I'm Dave Warner. Uh, Thank you for your service. I'd like to briefly add to my letter of July 11th. My concern is that rates have a significant chance of going even higher than what the SFPC is projecting. I don't think the commissioners, the GM, nor the COO understand this risk. This is a financial oversight problem. In the the, um, budget and rate setting meetings, there was little to no discussion of risk and options to mitigate such risks. This is a significant oversight issue, and I hope the audit uh, would address such an oversight problem, which in the end would benefit ratepayers with hopefully rates not having to go higher than what they are now. And and the short answer is uh, I don't think uh, commissioners nor the GM nor the COO understand that, look, uh, if demand continues on a downward trend uh, below what they've assumed, then the fixed costs have to be allocated to a smaller amount of sales and that means rates are going to go up even more and i think few people understand this which to me is a big problem that there weren't en- there was not enough discussion about this uh... thanks so much uh... for your service
2: thank you so much for your comments and we'll see if there are any other callers chair that was our last caller
1: thank you public comment on this item is now closed and uh... on the motion to unless there are any concluding remarks supervisor okay um, so thank you to the public commenters and also uh, I should note representatives from both uh, budget and legislative analysts and from the PUC who were here today thank you for being here uh, we'll reconvene on this next week uh, and on the motion to continue this item to our uh, July 20th uh, 2023 uh, GAO Hearing, um, please call the roll.
2: On the motion to continue for one week, Vice Chair Stephanie, aye. Stephanie I, Member Chan, aye. Chan I, aye. Chair Preston, aye. Preston I. Aye. You have three eyes.
1: Thank you. That motion passes. Any further business before the committee, Madam Clerk? There's
2: no further business. All right.
1: We are adjourned. Thank you. <laughs>